0: back to Grid, Iron, Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the collective, the disciple Brett Coulson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nawara. Brett out of hiding following an 0-5 week and touting every single New York giant in the history of the franchise. Brett, you've digested i'm hoping uh all of the pumpkin beer you've had a, a couple of days to get the trip to pan trip to fan fix out of you how you doing kiddo you ready to to bounce back and and put together some some good takes this week wait that happened <laughs> i did that
1: honestly i don't even remember
0: blackout pod
1: it was it, i woke up the next morning and was like i wow i i, I hated every player that you guys touted i was just <laughs> angry last week
0: Yeah, but then uh, Jameson Crowder, goat. Absolute goat.
1: And Keenan Allen.
0: Keenan Allen, goat. DP, how much chalk did you eat? Did you make any money, DP? Even though you ate all that chalk? No, I put a big fat zero. (laughs) See? It didn't matter.
2: No, it didn't matter because unless you had Julio Jones scoring every single point imaginable or Robbie Anderson, then... Uh Uh-oh, you're talking about Sunday.
1: Yeah, I'm talking about Thursday. We're
2: talking about Thanksgiving. Uh, Thursday, no. I mean, I didn't play a ton on Thursday, but... I also put up a big fat zero.
0: I mean, if you put Rod Smith, Hunter Henry, and Tyra Williams into a lineup, I, is it you still could have lost money? I guess so. With would crowd. Yeah, I did
1: that with Eli. If you played Eli, <laughs> you lost money.
2: Yeah, if you, you didn't have Keenan you or Rivers,
0: you lost money, man.
2: And I even had a lot of Keenan and Rivers, and I still got smashed. That's what I'm saying. Like, you just, you, it's so tough to win on these slates
1: if the chalk goes off because everyone scores a pile of points.
0: All right, let's turn to week 13. The first thing we always do on the show is look at the implied team totals. What that is, is they take the over under and they subtract the spread. Most likely, well, not most likely, in all cases, the top teams will be big favorites. And to no surprise, the New England Patriots are projected to score the most points this week, 28 and a half, as they travel to Orchard Park to take on the Buffalo Bills where they are touchdown favorites, seven and a half, giving the hook. The Los Angeles Chargers are two touchdown favorites at home against the Cleveland Browns, and they're projected to score 28 points. And then Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles are five-point favorites in CenturyLink against the Zombie Hawks, which makes their projected team total 26.25, of course. They're the Sunday game, so I'll give you a bonus here. And that's the New Orleans Saints. They play host to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Big total here. That's why the implied team total is so high because the Saints are only four-point favorites. And they're projected to score 26.25 as well. So it's the Pats, the Chargers, the Eagles if you're playing the night slate, and the New Orleans Saints, the highest projected team totals this weekend quick look at the weather nothing really to report looking like some partly cloudy across the board in terms of wind uh, Broncos dolphins currently projecting 11 mile an hour wind so nothing too crazy so despite entering the depths of November we still haven't seen weather play an integral role in, in many of these games we've had we had that one wind game. Uh, with the Giants and Chiefs but weather has not played a big factor thus far which is kind of boring I miss a little winter football let's get to some stacks now let's let's get the takes rolling and Brett I'm gonna let you step up to the plate right away wash yourself of your sins give us some great stacks for week 13 lead it off
1: yeah, I'm going to wash myself of my sins with Gino Smith. It is, yeah, it, is it is Gino week in New York. We've chatted about this all week long leading up to the podcast. Gino taking the reins from Eli Manning. I I'm going to have I'm not going to have a lot of this stack. <clears throat> I will have a little bit of it. I'm a little nervous that Gino just ends up being benched for Davis Webb in this game just because the Giants have said they want to get the rookie uh, some some game snaps, uh, game snaps before the end of the season. And who knows? It could happen as early as this week. We don't know what is going on with that team right now. But I definitely want some Geno Smith. This guy has produced fantasy numbers uh, when he's been given opportunity. Uh, he can make plays with his arm, and he's athletic as well. So I, I'm going to have some Geno Smith, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram stacks this week. I love Sterling Shepard this week. His body should be well-rested after missing two weeks with migraines. Said he's back to normal this week. Uh, migraines are a thing he's dealt with since he was a kid, and they just go away. So uh, not concerned about his health there. And I think he and Evan Ingram could both see 10-plus targets this week in a game that should see a lot of uh, a lot of passes from Geno Smith and the Giants' offense. So uh, I really like the Giants' passing game. I'll have a little Geno Smith. Definitely going to have a lot of Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram there. And my favorite stack of the week is Deshaun Kaiser and Corey. Uh this one is most effective if you want to uh, throw in some of the high priced running backs this week. Uh love Corey Coleman playing two weeks. Uh solid rapport with Sean Kaiser as we've seen the last two weeks. Could be playing with Kaiser for the first time. He scored 20-plus fantasy points in two of the past three weeks. Uh, He's scoring points on the ground. He's running for scores, and he's only Uh, 4,500. Reminds me a lot of Colin Kaepernick, a guy I touted a lot on the DFS podcast in recent years. I'm going to be firing Deshaun Kaiser until the market is corrected. Uh, Just don't blame him in cash games.
0: If you don't believe Brett that he used to fire Colin Kaepernick all the time, just go to YouTube and search. I think if you can just search Brett Colson DraftKings. There's probably infinite videos where he just starts lineups with Colin Kaepernick.
1: Yeah, I think Colin Kaepernick was the thumbnail in most
2: of my videos. <laughs> it got so bad that Brett was starting Colin Kaepernick and the opposing team's defense. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a thing that happened. I think that's a thing you could
2: do, though.
1: <laughs> I miss Colin Kaepernick, man.
0: So, let's start with Gino. Obviously, if any of the listeners out there have been with us in any capacity for last couple of years they know that I'm the ultimate Geno Smith truther I think the guy never had a fair shake I think the one season where he was primed to actually become a pro he got punched in the face and that derailed everything and the Jets turned into I mean they've been a circus but they were a total circus that year Uh, the one opportunity he had last year uh, he comes in and tears his ACL against Baltimore, he only plays 35% of the snaps that game before tearing his ACL. Uh, And the year prior was the last time he had played more than 35% of snaps in a single game. It was one game, and it was against Oakland. He played 90% of the snaps, and he finished with 21 DK points. That was 2015. And then 2014, uh, Geno Smith had multiple... 20-point DK performances, he capped it off with a massive Week 17 against the Miami Dolphins, a week that Brett Colson will never forget. And he's playing against the Raiders' defense, which remains one of the worst in the league. They were lucky to escape last week having to play your boy, Paxton Lynch, who was horrifying. But then when Simeon got in an actual somewhat competent quarterback, they, they moved the ball and I got faith in Gino. I think Gino's going to be able to move the ball and score some points on this Raiders defense. So I am going to certainly have exposure to my boy this weekend. DP, what kind of stacks do you have for week 13? I'm also looking
2: at a New York City quarterback, but it's another one. I uh, like the Jets passing attack this week with Josh McCown, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Curse, uh, little ASJ Austin Safarian Jenkins. Robbie Anderson's been great this season, especially as of late, so He's going to be a little bit uh, chalky and he's likely going to get the better of the two matchups uh, in terms of um, going against Marcus Peters um, who isn't giving up a ton of big plays. It's usually going to gains and the other cornerbacks in that, in that defense for the Chiefs. So, look to Jermaine Curse, who looks good every time he's called upon to, to make catches and, and make big plays. Uh, I think you can do a lot of flexibility with the price points of uh, these four players in your lineup. And uh, I think that that our favorite quarterback Cade has has been all right. Um, you know, he hasn't uh, been, you know, blowing down doors with thirty plus, thirty-five, you know, plus point games, but he hasn't been horrible. I think his ceiling is easily twenty points, you know, upwards of twenty-five like last week. And uh yeah, give me some uh Jets passing attack.
0: What a season for thirty-eight year old Josh McCown. Uh he's already set career records in both passing yards and touchdowns through only 12 weeks and the way that the Jets air raid attack is going he's going to smash those numbers in the coming weeks and of course Brett on his three takeaways from the recap pod talked about Robbie Anderson being somewhat of an auto WR2 at a minimum moving forward I am a little afraid of his ownership this week however coming off a two touchdown performance looking as good as he has the last couple of weeks and the Chiefs looking somewhat penetrable on defense, Brett. I know you've got the labs pulled up somewhere, or you can effort to do so. What kind of ownership are we talking about with Robbie Anderson here? Is it going to be too high for your liking?
1: No, not at all. I mean, I think the the price increase is going to detract some people away from him. Uh, Fantasy Labs has him at nine to twelve percent, and I think that's that's pretty fair. People
0: just. Don't believe. I guess. <laughs> like, what, what? What more do people have to see? I don't get it. Well,
1: I mean, look. Four weeks ago, he was four thousand. So people are going to see Robbie Anderson at sixty three hundred and look at some of the other options in that price range. I think.
0: All right. Well, I will happily click Robbie Anderson. Mo week thirteen stacks. Give them to us. Okay. First of all,
3: I can't believe nobody's mentioned this yet. If you're, I mean, you want to click on Gino, I guess, but. How do you not stack the Raiders? The biggest thing with the Raiders is, okay, first of all, we have Derek Carr. He's at 6,100. Uh, pretty affordable, but not one of the cheapest QBs. In the, Um, but the biggest thing is, his three starting wide receivers are all under 4K. Stack Carr. Just go triple stack with Jared Cook. Giants the worst against tight ends fifty four hundred for Jared Cook and he should probably be the top pass catching option in this game I'm guessing but on top of that you could just you can make a triple stack with any one of these receivers and and they all cost dust uh there's cordero Patterson and something called Holton uh all three of them have their own selling points I guess uh Holton probably the lowest owned because I don't even know is uh Patterson, you could do some cute things, maybe double dip here and, and special teams in defense and hope he takes one to the house. He's also known for his big plays and his drops. Roberts, probably the most well-known, the most reliable, and likely the highest owned, I'm guessing. He's, I think, 300 so slightly more expensive but they just are all basically free so i mean you can make a triple stack
0: here that costs less than 10k uh that's that's, that's or wrong. not less than 10k sorry less than like sorry sorry to cut you off that's just really 14. well thought out there mo and I, I i i'm glad you brought that to the table because for those of you that are confused as to why the Oakland receivers are so cheap you've got Michael Crabtree suspended for two games for getting his chain snatched again fool and, one game now, right? Uh, two games might be might be pled down to to one game, but yeah, I believe they cut it down already. Oh, both well, of them. Well, there you go. Uh, and Amari Cooper is in the concussion protocol, so that's why it is Derek Carr and the Misfits that are taking the field at the Oakland Coliseum on Sunday. And yeah, Giants being woed against tight ends makes Jared Cook Jared Cook a very interesting target as well. And on top of all of that, I think Gino. While his popularity will only be within the hardcore DFS community, I think it's a good way to pivot away from those guys, the sharp guys, and get on the other side of this game uh, with the Raiders. So I, I like that a lot, Mo. Do you, do you, do you, I'm sorry, I stepped on you there. Do you have any other stacks before we get on to uh, standalone QBs?
3: Yeah, one more. But just to just add on, yeah, I, I don't know which one I'm going to be clicking the most. But uh, I think lottery and you pick one and hope you click on the one that goes off. Um, and then one more that I think is far too cheap, and does have some decent upside is Trevor Simeon, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, Demarius, Demarius Thomas. This Demarius. might be the only time Demarius. you hear me tell you to play Demarius Thomas. Only, only winners get Simeon wings. Simeon is 4,800.
0: What would you say? Only winners get wings.
3: Man, the only reason is because. 5,300 and facing the Dolphins. Um, Simeon is 4,800. I mean, he's cheaper than some of these backups for some reason. He's not the worst. Like, I understand Simeon's not great or even really good, but he's not the worst. And Demarius, 5,300, you know, he should be a targets hog right now because Manny Sanders just doesn't look healthy at the moment. He seems to be hobbled with an ankle injury. Um, Miami's defense 31st versus the pass overall and 29th receivers. So if your boy Demarius, who still isn't good and still drops way too many passes, doesn't eat here,
0: I have no hope for him. Demarius, who every time he drops a pass, the announcers are absolutely shocked that he, he's because he's just a gas. He's so sure handed. I can't believe he dropped a pass. I mean, is anybody watching tape out there? Is anybody actually doing their job? It's it's infuriating every time a color commentator says that. Or are they just programmed? They just have so many cliches in them that despite knowing that he drops a million passes, they're programming, you know, the wiring in them freaks out and says this cliche that He's so sure-handed. Can't believe he dropped it. Blah, blah, blah. It's just it's infuriating. Uh, standalone QBs. We'll go back around the horn. Mo, we'll start with you. Let's get naked. What quarterbacks are you interested in playing alone? I think
3: um, an interesting one could be Tom Brady. I'm not sure. I would have to run this one by Brett and see what... Uh, his tools say about ownership here, but I kind of feel like if people are paying up for quarterback, they're just all clicking on Phillip Rivers. I mean, could this possibly be a spot where he's at like around 10%?
1: Yes. That's exactly where Fantasy Labs has him, actually.
0: Wow. Mo. Mo the sharpest. Mo the god. Love it, kiddo. I think it's going to be pretty spread out. Yeah, I mean, usually you know, You're going to not be able to
3: really want to click on Brady because you expect everyone else to be on Brady. But this, uh, in a matchup that doesn't look too terribly appealing, uh, in the cold weather on the road against a Buffalo defense that played pretty good last week, surprisingly, after a couple stinkers. But I think this is just one of those spots where the Buffalo defense is actually a little undervalued by the metrics just because they just didn't give a shit while the whole controversies were going on and all that and they're gonna play much better now. But clicking on Brady this week. So I think I might try a Brady uh for once when I usually just fade him because I just feel like everyone's gonna be on him. But you know it's always tricky with the Patriots because you don't really know who to stack him with. And um if you want to make a, a Brady lineup that's a little different you could maybe not
0: include targets dp first what do you think about that brady take and second do you have any standalone qbs
2: uh well first of all i'm, I'm upset that mo went to brett to talk about tom brady i'm the <laughs> expert tom brady uh you know pusher on this podcast and tom brady is god and you should put him in your lineups wherever you can mo yes that is a true thing hashtag okay? brady god <laughs> um my standalone quarterback is uh jimmy garoppolo this week so He's fifty one hundred. He's cheap, but he's getting the start. I think I'm a big Jimmy Garoppolo guy, so I think that this guy is going to be really, really good. Wonder why? Um, what? I wonder why. I mean, he's the best. He's just look at his name, Garoppolo. Uh, the, no, I mean coming out of New England, I, I wanted him to stay there, so he would be the next guy. I mean, Rich, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the recap podcast when that trade went down. Um, so now I know that. The Bears have been good on defense at home, but I'm going to take a little trip down Narrativeville and say that Jimmy G shows out in Chicago at Soldier Field because he grew up 30 minutes from the stadium. And this is going to be a homecoming breakout for the kid. Here we go. Let's go. Jimmy G, 5,100. I have no idea really where the ball is going to go. I don't really care to stack him. Just give me some Jimmy G. The kid can throw it. Uh, The kid can move with his legs if he needs to. So, yeah, that's my standalone quarterback, Jimmy G, 5,100. Jimmy G,
0: the god. Burt heard it, Bill? Burt get naked.
1: Wait, Donnie with the narrative, Bill? It's no <laughs> shocking. Way. Shocking. I'll be honest, I hate quarterback this week. Outside of Gino and Kaiser and GPPs, I haven't really decided what I'm going to do yet. I do like Derek Carr, but like Mo said, you don't really feel comfortable stacking him with one particular guy. So Carr, in some stacks, you could play him naked. I think that's fine. Uh, and the one thing I need to do some studying on, I haven't had time to do it yet, is uh, look at Mitchell Trubisky against the 49ers. He is 4,500 in one of the best matchups imaginable. So I might fire some Mitch Trubisky naked. I haven't decided yet. I need I need, I need need to look more into this one and see if, it's, if he has any kind of ceiling. I don't think he's topped 15 fantasy points yet this year, and you can't play a guy who has a 15-point ceiling. But if he can hit 20, we'll, we'll give him a look.
0: Guys, you know who's the standalone quarterback this week? Famous? It's Blake Bortles. Playing at home against the Colts. Colts 28th in DVOA against the pass. But moreover, and he really showed out last week, Bortles has the Konami effect. This guy's great on the ground. He gets out of the pocket, scrambles a little bit. He had a poor throwing day, but still ended up with 22 DK points. uh, 23 and... DK points, excuse me. Found the end zone twice, of course. That helped that out. Uh, He scored only... He had two terrible games this year. uh, At Pittsburgh, he scored 3.7. And at Cleveland, of all places, he scored 9.6. But other than that, I mean, listen to these totals. 23, 18, 16, 20, 15, 12, 27, 13. Like, Bortles is going to make value. And this cold secondary is only going to make that task easier. So... If you want to roll somebody out there, you don't know who to target in that Jags offense. Give me some Blake Bortles naked. I'm just
2: worried they're not going to let him throw too much. I'm always kind of worried about that this year with Blake
0: Bortles. I I tend to agree, but I still think that in order for them to get to the position where they don't let him throw, they still need to score points, you know? So he's going to be a part of that offensive scoring. They could... Uh, rest their laurels in the second half once they have the lead, but they have to get the lead in order to do that, and I think Blake Pearls will score enough points during that to uh, to meet value. Colts defense, no bueno. All right, let's get to running back. Back around the horn, Burt Minnati, give us some factor backs for week 13.
1: Well, it is the Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead show in the Pats backfield now. Burkhead especially has encroached on James White's role in the New England passing game. Uh, White only 46 snaps over the past three weeks. He had 43 alone in week one and week four. Uh, White only three targets total in the past two weeks. So you can put more faith in some of these uh, backs in Pat the, for the Patriots, especially in fantasy. And, and the guy I like this week is Deion Lewis. Uh, career high in carries last week, career high in yards last week uh, against Miami. This week facing the Bills in a really good game script with the Patriots' 8.5-point favorites. And the Bills' run defense has been shredded since Marcel Darius left town. Uh, looked semi-competent last week, but the, the Chiefs are an absolute disaster on offense, so not putting too much Into that one. Uh, Not expecting high ownership on Deion Lewis either. I think more people are going to flock to Rex Burkhead coming off the two-touchdown week. Great spot for Deion Lewis at 5,500. I think he could see up to 20 touches this week for New England. Outside of that, I'm going to be paying up running back this week, especially in spots where I have guys like Kaiser and Geno Smith. Uh, Todd Gurley is my top play overall. He wrecked the Cardinals in the first meeting this season. He's only 8,200 this week. And I like both running backs in the Niners-Bears game. Again, I need to study this one because I think there's a lot of fantasy potential here. Uh, Carlos Hyde getting as much volume as any running back not named Le'Veon right now. 13 targets in the passing game last week. And the offense should be more efficient now with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. So I love the ceiling for Carlos Hyde. And on the other side, Jordan Howard in a beautiful spot against a a horrifying Niners defense and a team that plays at an extremely high pace. So a lot of snaps the bears this week uh so that's where i'm looking at running back
0: mo give us some backs i'm with brett
3: actually uh first of all jordan howard i don't see how you don't click on jordan howard at least a few times this week uh 6500 against the 49ers this defense is really bad 22nd versus the run uh he gets all the touches every week and particularly I think we can have hope that not too many people will click on him this week coming off an absolutely horrific game, uh, negative game script the whole game, down a million against the Eagles. He had seven carries for six yards. It doesn't get any worse than that, folks. So hopefully a few people are pissed off about that and don't want to click on Jordan Howard in this dream spot. Um, The other one I'm looking at that's... I don't know. This could just be idiotic, but Orleans Darkwa, I'm something he- Darkwa, forty-eight
0: hundred for, versus the Raiders. I'm here for idiotic. Uh, I know takes. you want to. <laughs> what'd you say? I said I'm here for idiotic takes. Let's go.
3: Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yolo. Forty-eight hundred versus the Raiders. I know you guys want to click on Gino, but something Darkwa gets twenty-first ranked run defense here. Um, could also get some checkdowns from Gino, who hopefully. You know, probably won't be looking to make a mistake in his coming out party. Are we allowed to call it that yet? I don't even know. Um, But he's put up 12-plus in four of the last six. So he's been quietly, reasonably solid and
2: uh, has okay upside at 4,800. DP, give us some backs. So, I also like Jordan Howard a lot. Uh, he's my top play in terms of a running back this week. Also, like uh, Carlos Hyde and Dion Lewis, as Brett mentioned. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, another guy that I think I've mentioned every single week on this podcast. Let me guess. Let, let me
0: guess. Duke JD? Johnson. Oh,
2: yeah, you do love Duke. I mean, it's, it's going to be negative game script, is it not? Uh, maybe you can work this into those Kaiser stacks that Brett was talking about. Uh, I mean, Duke continues to be utilized uh, where it matters the most on draftkings using their PPR scoring setup, and that's in the passing game. And outside of Corey Coleman these past two weeks, Corey Coleman's received almost 20 targets. I think uh, you know, Duke gets the second most targets. He's averaging across the whole year, nearly six targets per game, and he's a very good uh, pass catcher and you know hybrid wide receiver coming out of the backfield. They line him up in the slot a lot. I expect him to get a lot of run in this game. and at forty eight hundred, I think that that price point is great. So give me some Duke Johnson. And then the other guy, uh, Brett mentioned paying up for Todd Gurley. I think I'm going to be paying up for Leonard Fournette. Colts giving up nearly 26 DraftKings points to opposing running backs. I think Fournette gets a nice bounce back game here against a soft defense. I know the price is high, um, but I think that a lot of people probably along the similar lines of, of Brett's thinking are going to be clicking on Alvin Kamara and uh, uh, Ingram up there at the top of the uh, <laughs> the salary chart. So uh, give me some Leonard Fournette. I like the spot here for him uh, in a game that I think that, you know, the, the Jags will get up and they'll just look to pound the rock and he's that workhorse back in, in Jacksonville.
1: I think. What I'm, are we doing with Alvin Kamara? Um, is he's He has to be an auto-fade now, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> he's just because he's the best, I think you have to fade him. And is there an opportunity to pivot off of him and take Ingram? Especially after Ingram just had a bad game in Los Angeles? Yeah. I think of course I mean they're on the it's crazy how how often they're on the field together so it's not like Kamara when he's on the field and sometimes he is the the lone back it's not like he's eating totally into Ingram's workload in in the world of running back by committee Ingram gets as much volume as you can ask for in a hyper efficient offense so I I think you have an opportunity there to pivot off Kamara with Ingram who is clearly the the goal line back as well um, but but if, I'm, if I'm paying up, I, I thought Donnie was going to say it, but I love Shady in this spot. Even if they get a negative script against New England, that's, there are so many dump-off opportunities for LaShawn. And just like we discussed last week where the Patriots tend to struggle against mobile quarterbacks, I, I think the same can be said with running backs that can move laterally and catch the ball out of the backfield. They, they just don't have the personnel. To cover players like that, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, just have shades of Kareem Hunt in my mind, just thrashing this defense in week one. And Shady is a thousandfold the player that Kareem Hunt is, so I, I could see Shady having a monster performance against the Pats. And I don't, I, beyond his price, and beyond the fact that you can pay two hundred less for Melvin Gordon as a fourteen-point favorite at home against the Browns. Shady has failed to reach 12 points in three of the last four weeks. So I think there might be a bitter taste in some people's mouths and you can get Shady at reduced ownership in what I think is a, is a pretty good spot for the kid. So yeah. So go
3: Bills. Uh, to tie into what you said about covering running backs and what Brett asked about Kamara. Um, you know, the Carolina defense is I feel underrated. People don't realize how solid this unit has been and they also are 11th against running backs out of the backfield and and that jives with what you see with two eyes when you watch them. Uh they have you know actually a, a linebacker with in Keekley who can move, really move out of the out of the middle and and stick with some of these running backs and cover them. So uh you know, I think they do have the personnel to hopefully slow slow both of these running backs down and keep um i don't know if like you know shut down is really the word but but maybe keep their production to a
0: minimum and to piggyback off that dvoa stat new england 29th defending running backs out of the backfield uh if you're gonna pay down i'm this is I don't know if I like this. This is gonna sound gross coming out of my mouth, but I'm kind of interested in Latavius Murray. Uh, if you just look at them back to back, fifty-one hundred and five thousand, or fifty-two hundred and fifty-one hundred. Excuse me, Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. I think instinctually people are just going to click McKinnon because he's a hundred dollars cheaper and he's putting out three more points per game. But Latavius still does the grunt work on this team, and Atlanta is 32nd uh, defending the run uh, in DVOA, so the absolute stone worst in the NFL. This is a game where there's projected to be neutral scripts, but I could also see a scenario where the Vikings get out to a lead. So, I don't know, I just think there's going to be opportunity for Murray here to to score some touchdowns and tote the rock a little bit, and I think being super cheap and having nobody click on him might be an interesting spot for Latavius.
1: My problem with Murray is that his price has shot up 1100 since last week. I don't know if I could pay 5200 for a guy who is so touchdown dependent, and that's exactly why his price shot up.
0: That's That's totally fair. Uh, and it yeah. If he if he doesn't fall into the end zone at least once, you're you're dead in the water. Um, so I'm just banking on the fact that one, the Vikings get out to a lead and win this game, and that two, Murray finds himself falling into the end zone.
1: If he scores twice, you're going to be on an island. Nobody's going to play him this week at that price.
0: Receivers, DP, lead us off. Give us some pass catchers for Week 13. Um, so.
2: I like DeAndre Hopkins first, uh, 7,300, but, I, I mean, this guy just catches the ball. Anything that's thrown his way catches the ball. I, I would never trust him in terms of doing a stack with Tom Savage and DeAndre Hopkins, but I just like Nook. I think that he's a really good play every single week, uh, so I'm going to be trying to squeeze him into my laps where I can. Uh, secondary to that, Corey Coleman, 4,300. Uh, Brett touched on him earlier with Kaiser. Uh, I really like that stack, Brett. it's not something that I thought about originally. But now that you you know laid everything out, I really do like it. I I love Coleman. I love what he's shown these past couple of weeks. He shows like, you know, he's someone that's really going to perform for the Browns uh, going forward, and and hopefully he does. I think that his price point uh, is perfect to get him into your lineup and and see some some really high upside. Uh, I also like uh, Devontae Adams, 6500 uh, going against the Bucks. He seems to be the favorite wide receiver for Brett Hundley up in Green Bay. Um, so I do like a little bit of Devontae Adams and I kind of want to work in a little bit of a Randall Cobb. Um, just, I don't know. I mean, 3,900 seems like I can work him in and just kind of take a little punt on it and see what happens from there. So I don't know. I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Randall Cobb, what you guys thought of him working him in, just punting a little bit on that play.
0: I was just going to let it sit as long as possible. I thought I lost you guys.
3: (laughs) I wasn't really looking at any of these Green Bay receivers, honestly. I I looked at them a little bit, but I I didn't love any of these plays. Uh, Although, I mean, what's Jordy Nelson's ownership going to be this week? Yeah, but why would you you play Jordy Nelson? Yeah, he just seems like... I don't know. It seems like all of his production must just be Rodgers.
0: I think Hunley is a... Standalone candidate, Brett. Where are you? You're the Hunley guy here. This is Tampa Bay. Not a good pass defense. They they haven't shown out at all this year. Where are you at at Hun- with Hunley this week?
1: I can get behind Randall Cobb. He's so cheap. I didn't realize how cheap he was. This guy was like. Well, I mean, obviously this is with Rodgers, but he was like sixty-seven hundred to seven thousand earlier this season, and now he's half that. So I can get behind Randall Cobb. He's seeing. Uh, he's up to six, seven targets a week.
2: Well, he had that one big pass only- player that went for a touchdown last week, which kind of made me think of yeah. him, and then I checked, and I was like, wait, 3,900? That seems a little bit too low that I would just take a flyer that he breaks one of those again.
1: Adams is definitely the preferred target right now, so I'm, I'm fine with him, too. I can't click on Jordy. I just can't do it. I don't even know what his price is. I just completely avoid him. All
0: right, Mo, you did not look at the Packers receivers. You don't like them. What receivers do you like this week?
3: Well, I think Donnie hit on one already. For me, it's a uh, it's DeAndre Hopkins, seventy three hundred. He is one of the more expensive receivers, but facing this poor Tennessee defense, and man, this guy it just doesn't matter. I mean, you could put you could throw Donnie in at QB. I mean, Nuke is still gonna dude. Put I got an arm. Twenty points. I, this guy is just so good. I think, and unlike Donnie, though, I actually do think it's a pretty viable spot to stack him with Tom Savage. I mean, he's free, so looked okay against the Ravens. Um, but yeah, I mean, even speaking of that game facing just a tough defense, I mean, he still put up 125. So he's just so good; you just you just can't stop him. Uh, we already talked about Robbie Anderson. He's too cheap still, 6,300 versus the Chiefs. The D has been playing a little better, but still. It's still Marcus Peters and Gaines. And if Marcus Peters gambles against Robbie Anderson and gets burned, you're not going to catch Robbie Anderson. So uh, you could definitely see him going for uh, 80 at any point in that game. And then I think if you're uh, really just looking to punt, uh, I like Marquise Goodwin. Uh, Actually going to have a QB who may be able to get somebody, The Rock, this week. Goodwin is 4K. He's been beating even some of the tougher defenses they faced, like uh, Seattle when they were the Zombie Hawks. He beat them deep once, I think. and uh, The Bears, solid on defense. But uh, if Goodwin is indeed the solid deep threat that he's shown, and if Garoppolo is a QB with a pulse coming in here, uh, you could definitely see Goodwin breaking out in a high upside spot at this really, really cheap price. Uh, he's already putting up like 12 points in three of the last four games. So he's still, he's, he's producing and, and his ceiling definitely should be higher this week with a better QB. Manati,
0: give us some WRs, sir.
1: I am right in line with Mo this week. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is a plug-and-play at this price. <clears throat> I agree with everything Mo and Donnie said about him, so I won't expand on that. I uh, definitely want some pieces of this Raiders passing game uh, against the Giants. All of these guys are on the cheap. They're going to see a huge uptick in targets with both Crabtree and Amari Cooper out. I really like Cordero Patterson in GPPs. Uh, the Raiders will use him in a multitude of ways. Uh, seven receptions on eight targets the past two weeks. Also has 10 carries. the ground this season they line him up all over the field even the backfield uh and he's a big play threat who you know we love to take these kind of guys in big tournaments especially at this $3,400 price tag and I think Seth Roberts is a fine option as well Derek Carr has shown some faith in him especially in the in the red zone but uh Patterson is my home run guy at 3,400 if I'm looking for a a value sneaky sneaky value play at wide receiver I don't think he's going to be all that popular. Uh, And Demaryius Thomas coming off an abysmal week against the Raiders with Paxton Lynch, at quarterback. Trevor Simeon is back, and and Thomas is still a volume beast. 10th in the NFL in targets this season, but he's the 26th highest-priced wide receiver on DraftKings this week. That's amazing value against a Dolphins team that ranks 31st against the pass. Give me all the Demaryius Thomas this week. And then a few other guys, uh, Cooper Cup is a great option this week against the Cardinals with uh, Patrick Peterson likely following Sammy Watkins around. Cup had a nice game against the Cardinals the first time out, so I like him a lot. He's going to be pretty popular, but uh, I'll probably be in line with the field on 20% of my lineups. And then, of course, Sterling Shepard and Corey Coleman, who I mentioned at the top of the show, are, are two of my favorites as well.
0: I'm going to keep clicking Mike Evans until he has a Mike Evans game. Green Bay 22nd against the pass, according to DVOA. Evans hasn't scored a touchdown since week seven. He continues to disappoint. He gets Jameis back this week. Hopefully, they can put together a big game. He's just too good of a player for me to turn down at that $7,100 price tag. I'm going to take a detour. I'm going to follow Donnie for a little bit. I'm going to take a stroll into Narrativeville. We got Ted Ginn Jr. revenge game in the Bayou this week. Carolina coming to town. He's 5100 uh, A small price adjustment from last week. I believe he was uh, in the high fours, so you're, you're paying a little bit of inflation, but... I don't know, Sean Payton seems like a complete douchebag, and this seems like a spot where Ted Ginn Jr. could just rip off a couple of big plays, and he's got that big play potential. He is the type of player you want in a GPP, so I'm okay eating a little bit of inflation there. And at the 4100 number, while everybody goes down there to click on Josh Gordon, who I love. Uh, but have to fade this week because everybody is going to want to have some exposure to him. I'm going to click the gentleman one spot above him. Uh, I'm not comfortable pairing him with Blake Burles. I'd rather just gamble on them separately, but I guess you could make the argument for stacking them to try to just maximize... Uh, your point output. But I like D.D. Westbrook. 4,100 coming off of a 10-target game. Again, a decent salary adjustment from 3,600 to 4,100. But 4,100 is still peanuts for a guy that can get double-digit targets against a defense as bad as Indianapolis. So I I don't think people are going to be all over something D.D. And why not? Give the kid a shot. I mean, are people really clicking on Josh Gordon? I think so. I can't see it. Why?
3: Because we haven't seen him in two years. Nobody's going to want to click on somebody that they just have. It, it's just a complete. I mean, it's just a complete wheel spin. I mean, you just have no idea what's going to happen.
0: Aren't most users just complete wheel spinning on DFS? Aren't they just gambling?
1: Yep. That's why they will do it this week. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, really? Like, I'm really surprised. Josh I Gordon's going to be like 15%. Ooh, I don't
1: know if it's going to be that high but he yeah he's going to be i would say at least 5 as high as, he could be as high as 15
0: people are going to be clicking i promise so many positive think and negative think pieces out there josh gordon hype is real all right let's get to tight end finally the patriots playing at a reasonable time which allows us to ask ourselves one very important question since the beginning of time Man has been faced with one undying question, to which the correct answer may lead to a lifetime of riches and eternal glory. Eternal glory. Hola, mi amo Roberto. Yo soy Fiesta, y tú también. Tú eres Fiesta. Fiesta. Mo, you brought up Brady standalone, so I'll turn to you first. Sounds like you are. Uh no no soy fiesta for you or any fiesting for you mo. I think I'm gonna try to fade Gronk. I like some of these other
3: tight ends in the mid price range more. So, uh, coming off a two touchdown week, I do think people are gonna want to play Gronk for sure this week. So I'm gonna try not to. DP to
0: eres
2: fiesta. Nope, fading Gronk. Guy's done. See you later. <laughs> Book the retirement trip. Okay, that, that part was a little bit over the line. But no, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be rostering Gronk. I, I just think he's coming off that performance last week. He's going to be too chalky, and I don't think that he's going to meet the performance that he did uh, last week. So stop, I'm not even going to bother stop rostering Stop with the takes.
0: Stop with You should have just la- stuck the landing and moved on. No, 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 no. I don't no. want to hear takes from you. No. I need you to be the stick. To the, hater. Every I, time I try and talk about the Patriots, you just hate. I need you to be the comedian here, <laughs> not, not give solid analysis. Brett, do at a fiesta. There's no way. There's no way off of a two touchdown game.
1: What do you mean? It's Gronk homecoming, man. He's from Buffalo. This guy finds the end zone every time <laughs> he comes home. Racks up huge numbers against the Bills. He looks healthy. He's producing. I would gladly eat some chalk with Gronk this week because I've got some sneaky really cheap quarterbacks that I'm rolling out in DFS this week. I can pay for Gronk. I'm going to be paying for Gronk.
0: So many blinders on. All right. Where you are not going Gronk, Brett, where are you going at tight end? I
1: like Cam and Brate. Uh, he's only 2,900. His price has dropped $1,800 since week six. Uh, that was back when Jameis was under center and Brate was getting regular targets in this offense. Only eight targets in the past three weeks with Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, but Bray's still running 20 to 30 routes per game. That should continue with Jameis back at quarterback. Uh, I love him at this price. A good bounce back spot against the Packers and their horrible pass defense. And I'm right back on Hunter Henry as well. Just keep going back to the well with the kid. They move the ball and win games when Hunter Henry is heavily involved in this offense. And we know what tight ends do against the Cleveland Browns. Fire up Hunter Henry, uh, even though his price is starting to creep up again.
0: DP, no gronk for you. Where are you going at tight end? So, well, first I want to say that, or I want to
2: ask every every time Brett brings up Cameron Brate, does OJ Howard just go off because that that I feel like that happens every. And that is week. that. That's that, that what I was going to ask.
3: I was going to ask that to Brett. How much like, yeah. are you worried about OJ? He seems like he's getting more work.
1: Well, I've said this in the past. They they're on the field at the same time a lot. They both get a decent amount of snaps. I just I think with Jameis back under James.
0: center. Jameis loves Raid. him, Cameron Braid. <laughs>
1: he does love Cameron Braid. That's why I think nobody's going to play Cameron Braid this week. He might be 1% owned in a great spot with his price
0: below $3,000. right, DP, you got your answer. Now give us some goddamn tight uh, I also
2: like uh, Hunter Henry as well, just playing against the Browns. That's really all you need to say there. Uh, I like Jared Cook, uh, 5,400. Mo talked about him a little bit earlier when you brought up the Raiders. Uh, just worried that he might be a little bit too chalky. Um, But I think I'm still just going to eat that chalk, have some exposure. And then uh, I like two tight ends going against each other, and that's Eric Ebron and Ben Watson. Eric Ebron, 3,000. Ben Watson, 3,100. Just because these two defenses against tight ends are just absolutely horrible. Uh, Specifically with Eric Ebron, uh, I expect the Ravens defense that is really good, especially at home, to shut down the other weapons that the lions bring to the table. And hopefully that allows some openings for Eric Ebron to get a few targets, uh, hopefully find the end zone at 3000. That seems like a pretty good shot at some upside right there.
0: Mo, what you got?
3: Well, everything I was going to say has really pretty much been said. How do you not play Hunter Henry against the Browns? Um, and then I also kind of like Ben Watson, if you need to, just if you've used all your money and you need a cheap tight end i mean watson could definitely have 10 targets against against the the lions here and then i, I don't know maybe charles clay i'm not too sure about this one because the patriots have actually been decent uh, against tight ends and clay isn't like free but 4100 still pretty cheap and should probably if they fall behind early have a lot of targets so I think he's playable.
0: 4100 in line for Clay. He peaked at 4800. He's been in the high 3s, low 4s, so not a bad price for him. Just like Mo, uh I have really nothing much to add. You've got Hunter Henry against a terrible Cleveland Browns defense and then as Donnie noted, you've got Ebron and Watson going against each other, two against f- two funnel defenses where the middle of the field is wide open. Uh, if you wanted to pivot at all from any of the names that you just heard, uh, you could go with Juice. Uh, Mr. I'm actually losing his name right now. Uh, tight end for the Miami Julius Dolphins. Julius Thomas. Thank Narrative-ville. you. Narrativeville. Another funnel defense. Oh, that is a narrative as well. Denver, another funnel defense. Middle of the field, pretty wide open. And, yeah, Nerdyville facing his former team, the, the team that made him uh, a multi-millionaire. Thank you, Peyton Manning. Defense, special teams. Mo, lead us off. Give us a DST or two or three or however many you want.
3: Well, there wasn't a ton that stuck out to me uh, on defense this week, but one is definitely the Broncos. Uh, it's Jay Cutler's back. Do we need to say anything else? It's Jay Cutler's back, and we get... The Broncos at 3K. So, I mean, they could very easily have a pick six here. And especially if they have the lead and Jay Cutler is trying to throw to some of these wide receivers, it could get ugly. Um, So I think the Broncos could feast in this spot, and they are not even close to being priced at the top. So,
2: You're not worried about Jay Cutler revenge game?
3: I'm I'm never worried about... Jay Cutler, in any form or fashion. Um, one other one, I think, if you just are totally punting, and you don't want to spend any money, maybe the Texans. They're twenty four hundred. Uh, the they still have Clowney, so they still have um a dominant player up front who could get to the QB, get some sacks, force a turnover, bat some balls in the air. Um, And Marcus Mariota is not afraid to throw the back-breaking pick. Rich, I'll let you take it from there.
0: Mariota, the absolute worst. Get Jameis, please, God, stay healthy. I'm begging you, Jameis Winston. Mariota's thrown 12 interceptions this year. Jesus. Jameis, I'm begging you to just not get injured. Please don't get injured on my knees here. Uh, DP, give us a DST or two or three. Cause I got three or, uh, three, or five or six or something.
2: No, no, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just three. Don't need to go LeBron James here. Uh, <laughs> I like the Raiders against Geno Smith. Uh, I mean, 3,100. I'm just going to be clicking them. Hopefully Geno just totally shits the bed and blows up everywhere. Uh, also, like the Ravens going against the Lions, I think that the Ravens at home are just going to absolutely strangle the heck out of the Lions offense, um, you know, in terms of shutting down Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and those two uh, running back slash hybrid wide receiver options out of the backfield and Amir Abdullah and uh, Theoretic. So, you know, and I think that Stafford, he can he can have his his tendency to blow up and throw throw a bad pick or two and and if if that happens I think the Ravens can can get on top of it and put, put some points on the board uh for, on the defensive side of the ball and then the third third team I'm looking at is a little bit more of a gamble and that is the Packers at 2800 um I just I kind of like this spot here uh, getting a team in the Bucks that I don't think is too good uh Rich you brought up Mike Evans earlier you know you're waiting for Mike Evans to have that break breakout game uh, I mean he just hasn't. Um, and Jameis, we know Jameis is prone to throwing a lot of head scratchers. Uh, so it could happen. Going up to Lambeau Field is not an easy place to play. So, you know, if I'm going to gamble on a spot that I don't think people are going to have a lot of ownership on, it's going to be the Green Bay Packers.
0: Brett, finish strong. Well, because
2: I
1: will have a good amount of Deshaun Kaiser, I will be hedging with the Chargers defense in lineups. I do not have Kaiser. Uh, this pass rush is ferocious, the best in the league. They force mistakes. And Kaiser is prone to bonehead plays. So uh, high ceiling here for the Chargers. I think they could score a touchdown, maybe two. I like the Denver defense a lot for the reasons that most stated. And I'm with DP on the Ravens. Back at home, this might be the best defense in the NFL. They are only 3,100 for some reason. Uh, Matt Stafford dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, He is going to be airing it out likely. And uh, opportunity for the, the Ravens to make some plays. So those are the three I'm on right now.
0: Just like Brett is leveraging his Kaiser plays, I will leverage any Geno plays with the Raiders defense because Geno can certainly Geno. And are we at all interested in the Vikings on the road? Matt Ryan, head scratchers, are those possible?
1: Mm. Much prefer them at home, obviously. Oh, of course,
0: of course. Uh, I don't know. I just I I, I got a sneaking suspicion they're they're ball hawking defense. They cause a lot of turnovers. They cause a lot of havoc. They're good at all three layers and three levels. And I'm Matt Ryan. I don't know. I've I've seen too many performances by Matt Ryan where he turns the ball over a lot that I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Minnesota goes in and just bulldozes this team, uh, plays with the lead and forces some mistakes for Matt Ryan. So I I don't hate. The Vikings, but I I do prefer the Raiders where you're not playing Geno for sure. And Broncos, uh, good call with uh, you two gentlemen, with Cutler coming back. Broncos are a defense that people are totally off because they've performed so poorly compared to the last two years, but a a great spot for them to take advantage of one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks of our lifetime. So certainly some exposure to them as well. And that's the podcast. If you guys have any questions for any of the hosts, don't be afraid to tweet at them. We've got at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N, at Mo N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H, and at Donnie underscore Peters. You can always tweet at Gridiron Gamble. Uh, Be sure to check out the website, gridirongamble.com. The moose of the week is up. Four downs will be coming tomorrow, I promise. And until then, we'll see you for the Super Contest Pod. Peace. Ow.